Well, good morning. It's sunny out, but it's deceiving. It's cold. (laughs) Matt was kind enough to relocate the Easter egg search down to the basement, so it may get a little rowdy down there. I don't know if they've already searched for all the eggs. I doubt they could contain themselves when they saw eggs everywhere, so that may be done. It may not be done. I don't know, but I'm happy that you're here. I'm happy that the kids are here, and I'm just, I'm just happy to be in church with you, you know? It's kind of funny, if I can, if I can pick on Mackenzie for just a moment, uh, in a good way, don't worry. You know, Mackenzie came in today, and uh, she had her breakfast with her banana, what was else, honey or peanut butter, and peanut butter with that, you know, healthy breakfast, I mean, way better than, uh, like, the stuff that I eat. Maybe that's why you woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. You didn't eat donuts. You ate a banana. But you know, all that has the point to say, some days you wake up and you just feel a little out of it. You feel a little on the wrong side of the bed. And some days you wake up feeling great. And you know what? On Sundays, no matter how you wake up, we get to come together as the body of Christ. And it doesn't matter if you're in a good mood. It doesn't matter if you're in a bad mood. We get to be together. And we share in those moods together, right? You in a better mood now, Kenzie? See, just being around great people and great preachers, that'll do that to you. (laughs) Automatically uplifts. So today is Palm Sunday. And just a uh, refresher crash course. Palm Sunday is otherwise known as the Sunday of the triumphal entry, where Jesus rides into Jerusalem, which uh, I tell you, Jesus really set the tone for the week. He set the tone for the week, first of all, and this is all a little precursor here, because I'm not necessarily preaching on those specific texts today, but I'm giving us context. Jesus set the tone for the week, (laughs) because He came, A, riding in on a donkey, and B, riding in on a donkey through where the triumphal victors would return home to Jerusalem from victorious battles and conquered lands. And they would come in in chariots and horses and parade in pomp and circumstance, in trumpets and everything else. And Jesus, <laughs> man, He is unique. He is funny. Wish I could have like sat down and have conversation with the flesh and blood Jesus because I feel like he was hilarious and just always had this wit and this humor and perspective about him that he rode into Jerusalem with all these expectations that people had about him being a conquering, militant, divine Messiah. And he rode in, and rather than being on a chariot, he was on a donkey. Rather than looking for the adoration of being victorious in battles and in war, he rode in through that that victor's gate, a humble servant knowing he was going to the cross to have victory over death. Others would return as victors because of death. Jesus was the victor over death. Wow! I tell you what, and that didn't go unnoticed, folks. Jesus, right off the bat, was irritating and uh, just, just really riling up 
the, uh, the political religious framework just by his entrance. He didn't even have to say a word. And people got their skirts in a twist. I feel like I do that too. Right? I don't have to say a word, honey. She's dead quiet. She's like, oh, I'm taking my notes. I am not acknowledging what he is saying. Jesus. So then we have the events of the week. We have Jesus, who is before this very fickle crowd, who, when he, upon his arrival into the city, they were singing Hosanna, and they were waving palm branches and laying them at his feet and giving him blessing and adoration and crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, and all this stuff, and welcoming him in. And then over the course of just a few days, they cried out for his crucifixion. Huh. You know, that, that does not even surprise me anymore. How quickly the crowds change their opinion. If you don't believe me, go to any good sporting game. Go to any sport, football, basketball, whatever it may be. And I tell you what, the expectations we have on athletes, when they're scoring, we're cheering, and we're, yeah, yeah, they're doing awesome. They can have three wonderful quarters of basketball, and then if they go cold and they can't make a shot by the fourth quarter, we go from cheering them to booing them. Get off the court, you bum. Right? Boy, people are a fickle bunch. And so, the crowds and Pilate wanting to dissolve unrest and not wanting to create issues and everything else because that would look really bad if uh, Pilate had a big stir going on in Jerusalem as it was kind of a, a, always an edge kind of city. They were not happy to be under Roman rule. And so we have Pilate wanting to distill this problem, wanting to uh, just take care of this and appease people and appease the masses. And so he did so by saying, who do you want? It is your custom. It is your custom that we release one prisoner today. Who do you want? Barabbas, who's a vile, murdering scoundrel of a person who shouldn't be let back out on the streets. He's the one that should be winding up on a cross. Is that who you want? Or do you want Jesus? This meek and mild person who from my opinion, hasn't really done anything wrong. You guys just are all irritated at him for whatever reason. Who do you want? Jesus or Barabbas? I'm sure he really tried to frame it in a way too. Really tried to plead his case about who was to be released. And they chose Barabbas. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me either anymore. People do crazy things. So Jesus is led away. And Jesus then undergoes trial. And he's back and forth. I mean, he's back and forth. He's undergoing trial and everything else. And then, after all the, the torture, after all the whipping and the beating, and all that kind of stuff, they make him carry a cross. Hmm. You know, carrying a cross, that'd be hard enough as a healthy person. But man, then to... Bear the burden of that cross, beaten and bloody and just 
rubbing around on that raw flesh and, and all that kind of stuff. Mm. Folks, I don't even think we can begin to even come close to imagining the agony of what that felt like. Brutal. So here's where we're picking up today. We're going to be taking a look at Simon of Cyrene. Because we don't have a, uh, a preached service on Good Friday, we're going to take a look at what's going on on Good Friday. Simon of Cyrene. Before we get into that, though, I'm going to set you up a little bit more context. Kind of frame in the thought and the theme of where we are going today. Let me ask you this. <laughs> kind of interesting, Bobby, that you have a, uh, a, uh, a sore mouth. I went to the dentist some time ago with a sore mouth. I knew I had a cavity or something to be filled and all that kind of stuff. And, and you just know, isn't that the way tooth pain is? And, and just mouth pain, gum pain. You're feeling fine. You're feeling great. You're going on about your business. And then when your mouth decides to get sideways with you, bam, it hurts. And it does not go away. You know, and there's something interesting about having something wrong with your mouth. I mean, you break an arm or twist an ankle or something like that. You can just not move and it doesn't hurt. But boy, it doesn't matter if you're sitting still when you got stuff going on. In the mouth, whoo, that, that's some kind of pain. That'll, that'll put you to the test. If you want to know if you got the fruit of the Spirit or not, you get a good toothache going, and buddy, you'll find out real quick what kind of self-control you got. Hmm. I do a lot of praying when I get toothaches. <laughs> so I remember I, went, I had this routine dentist appointment, thinking that, you know, it's going to not be a big deal. All of a sudden, that routine dentist appointment turned into a an additional wisdom tooth extraction. I was one of those extremely smart and stubborn individuals that rather than just getting them all done at one time, I decided I didn't want to deal with all this, so we've just been piecemealing it. So I have one, I still got one left. I don't know what it's doing. It's just hanging out back there. But I had one that evidently was coming in sideways, which is an issue, because I guess that can damage the tooth ahead of it. And so the dentist says, John, we got to take that out. We, got, we need to take it out today. I said, well, why not? Let's just do this. So a routine appointment, a normal day, what should have gone as expected, all of a sudden turned into the unexpected burden of having a wisdom tooth extracted. That's not fun. So, you know, as wisdom teeth go, or any tooth extraction goes, that's pretty miserable. You're numbed up, and they're like, oh, can you feel this? And it's like, no, but I know you're ripping something out of my face. So it doesn't really help. Yes, I get there's no pain, but the emotional trauma, oh, and the pressure and the cranking, and you hear it, right? Oh, you hear that. That's a noise you don't forget. The cracking of it. Oh, I love the dentist. I've been going there a long time. <laughs> Unexpected burdens. <laughs> you ever have to deal with unexpected burdens? Just going through the rhythm and the routine of your life? You go in for a routine appointment to the dentist or to the doctor or somewhere else and all of a sudden you go in for a physical and you come out having to go get a biopsy and you're like, what in the world? 
I thought everything was fine. I tell you what, that's one of my underlying fears. I mean, it's not like a perpetual fear, but I mean, I'm like, oh, I'd rather live in ignorance than go to the doctor and then all of a sudden find out I just have this life-altering news. I hate that. Yeah. That's rough, isn't it? It, it, it is just mind-numbingly shocking, debilitating to hear those kinds of things. Have you been there before? Have you been going through the normal routine of life only to find yourself thrust into the responsibility of an unexpected burden that you didn't ask for, you didn't want it, you didn't plan for it, but all of a sudden, here it is right in front of you and you have to deal with it. It's never a fun time, is it? However, that pain that I had from that tooth, <laughs> luckily, joyfully, I have the, uh, one, of my, one of my characteristics, I've got positivity on my side. I'm a long-term thinker. I see the big picture. I knew that even though I had to deal with this soreness, this, this painfulness in my mouth, in the long run, it's going to be a good deal for me. Because I would rather lose one tooth today than two teeth tomorrow. Right? So what was an unexpected burden actually turned into an unanticipated blessing. It's just really hard to get to the other side sometimes. It's really hard to see the blessing in the midst of the burden. Especially when that burden is ongoing and long term. Have you ever had to deal with that? Have you been there? What was your reaction? Go back to that time. Go back to that place. Go back to that moment when things changed and you had to deal with whatever came in front of you. How did it affect you? What were the results? Because the reality is, as we've identified from time to time, it's not a if, it is a when you will experience unexpected burden. It just is what it is. It's coming. We all have to carry that burden from time to time. I want to share a story with you about a uh, close family friend of our immediate family. She is a, uh, she is a children's pastor. She's a wonderful woman, great personality, just nice, loves the Lord, couldn't be kinder. And, uh, and she had an unexpected burden thrust upon her in her life. Here's the story of it. She's in her uh, mid-30s when this took place. She was unmarried, still is unmarried, and became the mother of two teenagers. The way it happened is she had uh, been, still is, pastoring as the children's pastor at the church where she is at. And these children came up through her ministry, moved on from her ministry into the youth ministry and things like that. And the oldest one was a junior in high school. And there was also an eighth grader. And the mother, after having the second child, had a very severe time with postpartum depression after that. And it wound up just going into a tailspin. 
of the abuse of prescription medication. And as a result, the mother wound up passing away at some point from that. And so then, not long after that, the father had developed cancer. And then the father, shortly after that diagnosis as well, had passed away. But before then, it had been arranged and everything had been taken care of legally that this gal would overnight become the mother of two teenagers. Wow. And she did it. She took that responsibility. She bore that unexpected burden that truly now on this side of it, several years later, was an unanticipated blessing. They are family. They are family. But what do you do when that happens? I know that as the information in the story was relayed to my family, I, I, I wouldn't even know what to do. <laughs> right? Unexpected burdens. We all have to deal with them. And it's not always easy. Sometimes it's an unexpected burden. I mean, you know, and it's a pleasant thing. I don't know. But I do know that it can be overwhelming. It can be faith testing. It can just be absolutely debilitating and exhausting. And every other word that you can use to describe it, it can be felt. Right? So let's look at Scripture. Let's look at Mark chapter 15. Mark chapter 15 at verse 21. And this is the short one verse story of Simon of Cyrene. Interesting to note that Mark thought this was significant enough that Mark's the only gospel writer that includes this story. So it must be important. Mark chapter 15 at verse 21. And it says this. A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. That's it. That's all we're reading today. Simon of Cyrene, father of Alexander and Rufus, just passing by on his way in from the country. And they forced him to carry the cross. Tradition tells us that uh, Cyrene would have been in a region of North Africa. So he was definitely on a little bit of a journey here. And perhaps maybe was unaware of the total story of what was going on in Jerusalem throughout that week. I don't know if he had been in Jerusalem long or if he would maybe showed up that very day on that Friday. I don't know. Maybe he knew what was going on with Jesus. Maybe he had never heard of Jesus. We don't know the entire context, but we do know that Simon was a man minding his own business, just passing through, that was grabbed out of a crowd and told, you are carrying the cross of Christ. 
What would you do? I don't know what I would do. Well, I'm pretty sure if there were spears pointing at me, I know what I would do. Imagine, Simon. Think about it. Turn on that empathy within your heart to place yourself in the position of Simon. What do you do when you are just passing by? A, 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 just a flood of thoughts goes through my brain because it, it is indicated here that he is traveling. So he's got, uh, he, you know, maybe he's tired. Maybe he has all of his possessions uh, in hand at that time. I don't know. But he's traveling with his boys. And then all of a sudden, in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of the crowd, and the yelling, and the shouting, and the violence, and the blood, and, the, and all that's taking place within this, you have him, and then he's pulled away from his boys. I already can tell you that there would probably be a bigger issue at hand if somebody tried to force me to do something that tore me away from a boy. So we have this, think about this emotional trauma that is taking place in the midst of Simon's mind. It wasn't as if they said, you, I think that you've been picked. You're the lucky winner. You're going you're gonna to be the one that carries the cross of Christ today. And then he was just shouting like he was some type of lottery winner. Yay, they picked me. Come on now, folks. This had to be terrible. We say, Pastor, what a blessing to be able to carry the cross of Christ. <laughs> Come on now, let's be real about this. Now, I wouldn't have wanted to do it. Sometimes I face things and I don't know if I'm in trouble or not. I don't know if you're quiet because the point is sinking in or if you're quiet because you're about to chew me out. <laughs> Simon. The innocent bystander, he didn't ask for it. He probably wished in that moment he had been somewhere else. Why couldn't I have been five feet to the left or to the right? Why couldn't I have been one person to the left or to the right? And they picked me. Unexpectedly, he was forced to carry the cross. Unbelievable. He didn't ask for it, but it was the burden that he had to carry. Let's take a look at some more observations of this. It's interesting to me, and some of this is uh, some of the, uh, some of this is my uh, my inferences that I have drawn from Scripture. But it's interesting to me because later on, and it's widely held as true, that Simon's sons are later referenced in Scripture. In Romans chapter 16, at the end of Romans, Paul says, And greet Rufus, who was chosen in the Lord. It's widely accepted within the Christian tradition that, that Paul is referencing the son of Simon in that. It's interesting to me that this unexpected burden of having to carry the cross potentially meant the salvation of his entire family. Because he unexpectedly had to bear the cross of Christ. And I tell you what, he may not have wanted it, but that definitely made an impact. You don't walk away the same after carrying the cross of Christ. You walk away completely different. Interesting. I tell you what, it had a new 
meaning for me as I've read this uh, scripture and studied this scripture for the first time in the different light of having a son, (laughs) when called upon, I hope that I'm willing to carry the cross in front of my child. I hope that if I'm traveling, if I'm journeying, and I've got my son with me, and we are on route to a destination, that if called upon to do something extraordinarily burdensome in the name of Christ, that I would be able to be example to him that says, Son, it'll be all right. They've called upon me to do this, and I'm going to do it. I don't want to. I didn't ask for it. I didn't plan for it. But son, you wait and you watch your dad carry the cross. That has a different weight to it, folks. To your family, to your friends, to your loved ones, to your spouses. May it be our prayer that no matter what we are called upon to do in this life, no matter how burdensome, no matter how inconvenient, we may be able to look at those journeying life with us and say, I'm going to do it. For the cause of Christ, what He calls me to do, even though it's not fun, we didn't ask for it, and it might be a little bit uh, chaotic along the way, we're going to journey it. Right? Oh, it's my prayer that I could be that type of example like Simon was. I believe the cross changed Simon's life in the lives of his boys. Hmm. Imagine Simon. Let's continue down that vein of thought. Maybe Simon, how do you think he responded? How would you respond? Maybe Simon was angry. I can't believe they picked me. I was making good time. I was en route. Angry, irritated. Oh, man. Can you believe this? They picked me. Maybe scared. I tell you, I'd probably be scared. Having Roman soldiers tell you what you're about to do. I think I'd be a little scared, nervous, anxious, all the above. Maybe inconvenienced. Ooh, How many times have you been journeying through life and then all of a sudden the cross becomes inconvenient for you? Hmm. You know we're all called to be Simon, right? <laughs> Where Scripture tells us daily. Take up your cross and follow me. There's no guarantees in this book that says when you start following Jesus, it's going to be an easy ride. Jesus says, take up your cross daily and follow me. Heaven forbid that we find ourselves in the crowd and find ourselves saying, I don't feel like carrying the cross today. That would be too inconvenient. Right? Oh, but let us carry that cross. Simon's unexpected burden became an unanticipated blessing. 
Here's the reality of it. And the reality of the cross, the reality for us, is that the cross does not break us down. The cross builds us up. Where everybody else sees the cross and sees death, we who believe see life. Carrying the cross does not mean death, it means life. Yes, it may mean a difficult journey in difficult seasons of life. But at the end of the road, at the end of the day, it means life. When you experience unexpected burden, do you allow it to break you down or to build you up? Kind of a trick question in that because the thing that I want to close with today is the reality of what Jesus tells us. Because as Jesus tells us to carry the cross, He also tells us to cast all our cares on Him. His burden is light. Jesus, yes, we are called to carry our cross, but folks, Jesus carries it with us. He doesn't call us to carry our cross and then run away to leave us all to our lonesome. He walks with us. He journeys with us. He goes through the whole process with us. Isn't that good news? So may I be convicted about being pessimistic sometimes about Simon of Cyrene and how he was the unlucky winner of the cross. Folks, maybe in the whole aftermath, maybe several weeks, years down the road, as he was sitting as an old man by a nice warm fire, he was able to look back and say, I'm going to meet him again. Someday. <laughs> Let's all work to be like Simon. Right? Let's be willing to carry those unexpected burdens and anticipate the unanticipated blessings that follow. Let's pray, would we? Father, we give you thanks for this day. And we love you so much. Father, we give you thanks that so long ago you entered into a city only to let it kill you. We thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for us that we may have life. Father, remind us this day of your faithfulness that in the midst of carrying the cross, you are faithful to see us through. You tell us that, and that when you start a good work in us, you will see it through to fruition. Remind us. As we enter into this week, as we look towards that buildup of Good Friday, and towards the Sunday of your resurrection, Jesus, may we just have a wonderful week. May we mourn, and may we rejoice in your name. We love you. Be with us as we leave this place today. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. And you are dismissed.